go down to the, you know, they have it down there in Chicago. I know they did in the last two years. I already visited it with Dr. G. The Bean. They call it the Bean. And he used to go down there, and they said that he could turn the Bean into, you know, his own place where his fans could greet him. And now that's a, a young man who's no longer with us, and we're really going to be looking into things like that, how we can, how we can maybe learn something from what happened. Like, what are we going to do with a man? People ask me, Joe, they come to me. They say, Joe, what are we going to do with change? Change the rapper. Rest in peace. God bless his soul. He could have turned the bean gold. If God bless his soul, he could have. By God, he would have done it. But he's not here no more. So what do we do now? The chances, the chances are gone. But that's not true. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a married man. I'm a father. I'm a sister. And I know. What it's like to be an American. Mr. President, please, I think we need to focus here. Hello and welcome to the first annual Costco Presidential Town Hall. My name is the famous journalist Jacob G. Dew. Mr. President, the American people have entrusted you with the keys to the presidency, and you have been living in your Oval Office for quite a while now. And yet, your policies, some have argued, are not helping the average people in this country in their lives. Now, we are here at the second largest Costco in Terre Haute, Indiana, in order to have a town hall in which I will ask all of the questions on behalf of normal Americans who cannot be entrusted with a microphone. All across the land, we are seeing prices going up and middle-class Americans having problems. And don't even get me started on the temperatures of global warming. Tonight's questions will illuminate the American people on the brain of the man who is so great that he has the honor to be called leader. Now, let us begin. Mr. President, the price of organic milk has gone up 13 and a half cents a gallon in as many weeks. In my household, we drink a gallon a day for our virgin white Russians. Why have you not taken executive action to make milk more affordable to our nation's masses of milk chuggers? You know, uh, milk's a funny thing because it's, uh, it's the first thing you ever drink that your mom makes and then you can't have it from her anymore. It's important. It's an important part of life and a childhood. And you know, I've been I've been a son, I've been a father. I've seen women go from nothing to becoming aunts and mothers. I know what milk means to people. I know what it means when you open that fridge up and there's just a light staring back at you. And you look for all the milk in the world. You you cereal's lonely without a friend, they say. Well sometimes you just got to eat those little flakes by yourself. And they got to crunch. But what we're seeing now with regards to whether it comes from a cow or something that you get out of the ground, we will take the utmost action to make sure that people are going to get the drink they need, whether it comes from their mom or the store. Thank you. When you, when you got your milk, right? And we're using too much of it when we're making yogurt, because now every everybody is eating Chobani flips for breakfast, and they got all the pro in the drinks now. They put yogurt in milk, and they put yogurt in all kinds of drinks that they sell it in. And that's always going to be a problem when you want to have your milk hot and ready and on time, and in the grocery store lined up in a big cage for you, so you can grab as many milks as you want, put them on the thing. Now I knew a voter; his name was Cracker Jack, and Cracker Jack he had a big old family of big old boys, and what he would do is, you know, every dinner, and it was every dinner, you know, it wasn't every sometime, it wasn't like a special treat or something he expected for dinner every time, and he would put a big old gallon 
gallon of milk down by his feet and he had about eight sons and they were all big boys and you know they wanted their milk too so he'd have to you know be dragging up that milk from the ground there was no room for it on the table and so he'd pick up the milk jug by his feet and he'd put it on the table and he'd give it to those boys and by god those boys those cracker jack boys grew up to be six seven eight nine feet tall and you're just not getting that out of diet peppers oat took Coke Zero, you're not getting that out of these milks uh, that watered down with 1%, 2%, however much water they want to add. Because, you know, we used to have these boys grow big and strong like that. And, you know, if it becomes a problem for these Americans to buy it, then we got to do something about this yogurt. We got to throw it in the trash. We got to make more cookies in the Chobani flips. And that'll take care of the problem like that. But the American people have to look at themselves and say, you know, am I really, really willing to throw all that yogurt in the trash? Used to have milk. Used to milk milk every day. Milkman delivering milk. Come to your door. You knew when they were there. All milk was there and ready for you to go. It's nice and cold. We used to have milk. We used to have we used to have all this stuff that these guys were talking about. This is what Paul Newman talked about. Guys like Paul Newman, guys like Thomas Aquinas. And we running them short of milk. The cows they don't want to pump the milk. It's not it's not there no more. Now we talk about milk being in short supply. It's like Settlers of Catan. Me and my wife, Dr. Joe Bino, play Settlers of Catan, play board games. We have board game night. I beat her in sorry. I'm good at sorry. I'm not good at nothing else. <laughs> what we talk What we talk about is, is the milk of the of the plants can be used. They can be utilized. Now, now I'm not a man that's like plant-based solely. This country is built on meat. This country is built on, on brawn. Good men, strong men. Paul Newman, Thomas Aquinas built this country. <laughs> but milk if you don't have milk what are we going to do we're going to get your cereal with your Wheaties your Cheerios your, your honey bunches of oats it's new it's a brand new cereal it's good it's healthy for your heart Dr. Joe she's told me now I'm not a man I'm not a man who's to skip breakfast that's not me Americans can't always eat breakfast you got kids who don't know what a Cheerio is I find that very sad. I find that very shameful. I find that sad. Barry and I, we came together. We said every children should, every child and baby and woman with her breasts out with her milk should have Cheerios. That's the way it's going to be moving forward. Now, Mr. President, you just said something really interesting there. I heard you mention former President Barack Obama. And now I wanted uh, to to get around to him because I heard that Obama is going to make a cell phone that costs twice as much when it, it calls a conservative phone number. What would you do to make America nicer again where conservatives and liberals can live and love in harmony once again? Well, when I think about, you know, our former great president or president, you know, future hopefully president, uh, you know, Barack uh, Hussein, I think about the story of... Uh, you know, you may not know him. Uh, he's a older, older guy. Played in the league, the bat, the, the baseball leagues, 1913. His name was Slauston Carmichael. Slauston was an Afro-American man. He was he, he was someone who, when people saw him, they knew he was different. He he tried several times to get on his team. He tried to get onto the Yonkers Ottomans, who were the team to beat right before the war. And they said, Slauston, we love you, okay? You're the best guy. You're the best guy who ever touched palm to palm and made the fingers do the dance. But we're just, we can't do it. We can't do it. 
we're white, you're black. That's the world we live in. It's not nice, but God damn it, it is what it is. So he'd left baseball. He said, if I can't be an Ottoman, if I can't be a Yonkers Ottoman, I'm, I'm going to be the best I can at something else. He got into canoe making. He would take the biggest tree he could find and bring it down by himself. His wife would go, Slauston, let me help you. He'd say, no, I'm going to cut it. He cut it down. He carved a canoe. He hollowed out the inside. And they said those things never tipped, even when people were trying to do it. 20 years later, you know, it's the aftermath of uh, the after event of what, what went on with regards to, you know, the, the, the Duke and the war. They're, of course, they're doing their whole business over there in Europe. And I have no comment on what they should or shouldn't have done. I don't believe in that. They're finally going, you know, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a great, great depression. It's a depression. We're gonna integrate the. We're gonna we're gonna try something where we put them together. We're you have both types of players on the same team. And Slauston, he's a fifty-three-year-old man at this point, and he said, "I've been cutting canoes this whole time. I've picked up a bat since, you know, since 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 uh, since before they put words in movies." And when I think about that. They put him on the team, and he hit 16 home runs in one season, the most they had ever seen. I think about that and what Bergheim Obama accomplished. Well, I'll put it this way. Put it this way. If I was in a museum, I'd sit down to take a look at that. I was was talking to... to, I was talking to Barry Bar- Barack Bar- Bar- Obama. I was talking to I was talking to Don. I was I was talking to former uh, former president uh, Thomas Aquinas, and <laughs> you know I, I you know I had a, a great honor of working with him under him being his son, and I, it was great to just kind of see the White House from the inside out like that, and uh, you know, but fortunate you know son, it ain't me. Uh, when I, you know, when I think about r- reaching across the aisle and, and I'm just always, I'm trying to be buddy, buddy with these guys, Lindsey Graham and Thomas Aquinas across the aisle that are, that are coming at me and trying to say stuff when at the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to, trying to mend fences and I'm trying to, trying to, you know, talk about the issues and get things all set up. Like, you know, like just for men, Rogaine and all these problems we have in, in our country that, that, you know, you need to be, you need to be solving in a, in a, in a, in a timely manner. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to raise the issues here of, well, well, we don't have dining rooms. We don't build dining rooms when we're making new houses anymore. And the kids got nowhere to eat. The wife's got nowhere to eat. If, if you even are lucky, you know, to have a wife nowadays because, you know, of the pro, prolifer, because of the, well, get, is a gay marriage, and now we have ourselves stuck in kind of a, a you know a, 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 r- a real rigmarole where we're trying to figure out pop goes the weasel and, and who's saying what about what because at the end of the day you know Barry oh, Barry and Thomas Aquinas keeps making them cell phones that you know to charge people for for being being Republicans or conservatives or Democrats and I say come on man that's horse can I, that's horse that's 
it's a bunch of junk. It's a bunch of horse junk. You can't say things like, you know, you want to say sometimes. And and I'm going to say with those cell phones, if I see them, you know, government programs or whatever, we're going to, you know, you can try to find stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like a dead cat. You better toss it in the river. And I got to find a river big enough for all them phones because some things just ain't right. It just, Rogaine, just for men, when natural male beauty, uh, everybody wants to be uh, Instagram on TikTok. What happened? You just have guys. You have young guys, tough guys, strong guys, scruffy guys, guys like Indiana Jones, Great American Heroes, Indiana Jones, recover artifacts from the ancient world. Guys go leg and limb. Guys who go temples, battle indigenous uh, subsidiaries, battle adversaries, guys who battle shaman, guys who go to temples and collect things for, for the Smithsonian Museum, D.C., Smithsonian, I've been to it. The Smithsonian is incredible. You know, I, I look at these guys, the guys like Indiana Jones used to wear leather jackets. The guys don't wear leather jackets no more. The thing is, it's too unformly. It's not manly. That's not true. But it's also not womanly. And Dr. Joe is the first person I ever met wearing a leather jacket. She looks incredible. Dr. Joe Biden, the jacket looks looks like the best thing I've ever seen under the American moon. A Christian moon. A Jewish moon. A Muslim moon. That's the moon I, I'm talking about. Guys like that used to be better. They used to be around. What we used to do is we used to go down and we go to the fields. We go to the fields and we do stuff. Guys, kids don't know what a field is now. Kids don't have fields. We ruined the fields. We washed them out. Washed them out with the the decadence, with the with the greed, with the with the power and the wars. Wars wars bringing you don't have you don't have cactuses anymore in places they should be, man. <laughs> You don't see tumbleweeds. <laughs> and what we're talking about, we're talking about with leather jackets, is you don't see leather jackets and tumbleweeds. And that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see it. And that's the currency that we're dealing with now. And that's the currency of this world. We're talking about not purchasing better things. We're not about, about, talking about just us. We're not talking about just purchasing American pleasures, acquiring American pleasures. We're talking about changing things and making global pleasures. Mr. President, a majority of Americans now believe that 7-Up Zero tastes better than any Sprite that doesn't come from the fountain. 59% of voters say that no experienced soda drinker would disagree with this assertion. Why, then, has your administration failed to take action to increase access to 7-Up Zero nationwide, especially in our most vulnerable communities? You know, it used to be if you had... A gift, and I think it's a gift. I don't think it's a curse. I don't think it's a malady. But being born Jewish, <laughs> you didn't want to be at the time a rabbi. What you did was you made a song. You were a song maker. And by the time that uh, you know that it all happened, they made uh, one of the hit songs was "Row, Row, Row Your Boat." They used to think that song had the most. It was the most complex song ever made. <laughs> It had the most rhythms in it. It had the most tempo shifts. And Jewish guys, you know, Jewish Jew, Jew, people of Judaism who weren't rabbis, they'd talk to their dads who were rabbis and their moms who were the rabbi's wife. They'd say, we can't make a song bigger than row, row, row your boat. People are going to get mad at us. People are going to do all sorts of horrible things. People already pull on our hair. People already take our Torahs. 
people go into our bar mitzvahs and tell us not to do it. Already all this bad stuff happening. What's going to happen if we make a song that's bigger than Row, Row, Row Your Boat? And, you know, that went on the way it did. And there was no, you know, no, no Jewish song maker made a song like that until after World War II. Because the thinking was, if this can happen, then why not? Why can't, why, can't I, why can't I make the Happy Days theme song, which was also done by a Jewish man? Why can't I, why can't I be the mamas and the papas? And what happened with Mama Cass was disgusting. It was awful. That should never happen in an American hotel room, ever. I don't give a damn if it's his, it, it, whatever, if it's lunch, if it's her, if it's her body, I don't give it, I don't, I don't give a care. But we can't limit ourselves on what we want to do based on what we could do that we didn't. Because the moment that you, you, you know, we as America start saying that things can't happen, you've already made it so they never will until someone else does it. And nowadays, with the way things are going, you know, maybe you don't see, you know, sevens, sevens, uh, sevens up, sevens up one with the one calorie. Maybe you don't see it sometimes. Maybe you go into the store, you don't see your favorite milk. But you can't be afraid to go to the store because you won't see it. You just got to keep going. I'll go down to the, you know, I was... Not a boy, not yet a man. I went down to uh, Dover's Gold Gym. I would hang out at Gold's Gym in Dover, and uh, you know, it, you know, not uh, not to toot my own horn, but I could lift some weights or two. And I'm never the strongest guy in the gym, never the weakest guy either. But I I would go down to, uh, you know, where where the you know you could say it then, but I can't say it now, so I'm going to say it where the Blackfellas went to play basketball. And they were good guys. They were good guys. I liked, you know, they had strong muscles, strong arms, big legs. They could jump real high. They could always go for the ball and make a lot of the white guys scared to play them. You know, I wasn't scared, so I would go down there, and they would uh, drink Sprite. You know, during the during during the basketball game, they drink Sprite, and I said, "What are you guys doing? What the hell? What the heck? Are you, what are you doing to yourself? You got no." you know, no respect or something like that. And, you know, that, that kind of earned myself to them. They liked me. They'd carry me around on their shoulders when I hit a big shot. And it was always a lot of fun to me, you know, and try to get, you know, Dr. Joe Biden in the stands to watch in her leather jacket or whatever, her friend, you know, my friend, my son, my, uh, you know, Brock Thomas Aquinas. And we would, you know, they, we would watch and watch and all, but, you know, I would always try to get them on that. I say, you shouldn't, you know, drink Sprite when you're playing a basketball game. It's got too much sugar. It's got too much carbs. It's got too many bubbles in it. You're going to have trying to be shooting a jump shot and the boat that's going to be coming out your nose, coming out, you know, wherever, wherever liquids come out of a body. And, you know, it was, it was real hard, but it was important work that we did back then reaching out to the black community about the Sprite, the dangers of Sprite. And we try to get them into 7-Up Zero. We try to get them no calories. We try to get them, you know, whatever stuff, better Gatorade for the basketball games. You know, we try to introduce more balls to the basketball games. We try to get more rebounds. We try to get a, put a hoop in the middle. And a lot of these things were met with a lot of resistance. You know, at the time, I took it very personally. You know, I said a lot of things I regret. I said, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more. And uh, I always regretted that, you know, early in my tenure as, you know, in this, as a boy, you know, 
in the Senate were, you know, when I had to first talk to the guys there, you know, first had to, you know, try try to figure that out. And then I, you know, I would say, you know, let's slurg out, let's fat dog it, let's go to Fat City and play Hoopsville with these guys. And they said, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. And I said, okay. And I winked, you know, because they knew, they knew, they knew. No, Bergamot and I, we, we did a lot of good things back in the day. Bergamot, Obama, <laughs> we were good guys. We were solid guys, strong, younger, muscular. We had muscles, we had abs, we had elbows, the things you need. We would go, we'd go to state by state. We, we'd visualize and contextualize every kind of concept you can regarding soda. Now, man, 7-Up Zero, that's some kind of different case. 7-Up Zero is something special. 7-Up Zero is something strange. You can't have a Sprite Zero, CRMS Zero. Those don't taste good. Not in any case. Vanilla version is bad. They don't got vanilla. They're just, that's what I mean. 7-Up Zero, that's the kind that you want to, that's what you kind of want to see in schools. Kids drinking schools. We go and the kids are playing basketball and we're saying, you kids need to drink. But the tax has got to come, man. The tax got to come. This is luxury. This is something special. This is what America can't offer anyone else. Only do its people. The people, man, that's what we're talking about here. Man, the people are dragons. They're dragons in the city. They're dragons in this country, and they're dragons in their nation. It's a nation of dragons, and their eggs are... Man. <laughs> they have eggs of silver and gold and pewter. <laughs> And they're laying them, man, and we're just too dumb. We're too dumb to even come and scoop them up. And they've been going, they've been dropping eggs for years, long before Burgo and I. Bring my man. It's no good. <laughs> and that's all we're gonna say. I gotta go though, and it's and it's mighty fine if all of you people folk can find people to come out here and listen to what we have to say. But I'm gonna be back. So stay with us. Mr. President, a majority of Americans now believe that 7-Up Zero tastes better than any Sprite that doesn't come from the fountain. 59% of voters say that no experienced soda drinker would disagree with this assertion. Why, then, has your administration failed to take action to increase access to 7-Up Zero nationwide, especially in our most vulnerable communities? 7-Up Seven 7-Up's Seven never been a utility soda. It's not what you drink when you got to get work done. No one in history, in the history of humanity, as great country has ever said, I got to do my taxes, get me a 7-Up. I woke up too early, get me a 7-Up. That's not what's going to put the coal in your engine. It's a flavor soda. It's lemon, lime, and then a little bit of extra, and that extra is the business of the Pepsi company. Whatever they see fit to put in there, and I trust them, and you trust them, and if you don't, then they, you have what Coca-Cola puts out. That's okay. But the thing is, you can be the prettiest girl at the dance. If you're wearing the wrong dress, no one's going to ask you to do the Sadie Hawkins. You're going to be alone by the punch bowl because you decided to puff your sleeves out while the other girls were add on slips underneath. So, you know, I look today, I look today at all the things we have. We've got money with Chinese handwriting on that. Could you imagine something like that happening, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, back when I was the first guy to, you know, represent my state, the great state of Delaware, you know, 
being the being the man of the house there, being the excuse me, the the, the guy that they called on to be right where there was. So no, we barely had seven up at the time. Seven up, we were just wrapping our heads around it. Now you're telling me they got zero. There are people saying, "What's the point? What's the point? Why would you? Why would you get a seven up zero? I say, "What the hell? Why the hell would you get a regular one? Unless you needed sugar." And even then, there are better ways to get sugar. You can get a Mountain Dew, you can get a Pepsi, you can get an RC. I know a lot of people don't think that RC is okay to drink, but it's perfect. People have been doing it for years. I know that a lot of people in the Arab community overseas have done it. But my point is, you know, we can't we 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 can't be like the, you know, the fable of the the grasshopper and and the and the lighthouse keeper we can't keep ringing the bell and complaining that a girl ain't coming because you can you can drive your boat past a thousand girls if you're looking for that one grasshopper you're going to miss all of them that's really all i have to say about it we you know we we used to be a country you know where we drink black coffee in our diners and our Drive-ins and dives, and we used to, we used to so go there, and you, we, we'd have a simple order. At, at, you'd sit at a, a seat that was a circle, so you could rotate on it, and you know you'd order your you they you know pretty girl in the smock would say what you want. Her name would be Rosie or something, and she would say what you want, and I you know, you'd have the real simple order: some sausage and eggs, and you get five or eight eggs some hash browns and you you could get all the sausage you wanted and they'd give you refills and oh man how we oh buddy me and dr joe biden used to sit there and we used to drink our black coffee we used to take it like black like you know or, or when you because you had to get stuff done you know and i think people today forget about getting stuff done like that drinking their you know seven up zero you know stuff don't have caffeine in it you're not drinking that in the you know in the morning to wake up when you're going to work with your lunch pail to your door factory and you're hammering doors together all day you're going to the chrysler plant you're making pontiacs you're driving them all around the block test driving them going as fast as you can oh we man that's a sweet gig to me you know Ain't nothing wrong with that, but you need the coffee in the morning. You need the caffeine, and you know most importantly, you need the calories when you work hard. The problem we have now is, you know, you don't need calories to work hard because you're working on your TikToks and you're sitting in in your you're sitting in in a, you're a grad student or something, and you're you're posting on your laptop. Now you don't need to run. You don't need to have muscle energy. You don't need the black coffee. So they they switch up the whole thing. Now as a country, we're all confused on our drinks. We, you know, we're, we're not going to diners as much. Uh, kids go to diners only when they're, uh, you, know, in, when, you know, when they like to get drunk. And I find that, uh, you know, to be incredibly disrespectful to the, you know, Rosie and the womans of the past who wore the smocks of, of, of lavender, baby blue, or off-white or a pink colored smock. And they'd wear it and they'd top off your coffee. And it was, we used to call that service with a smile. And the most important thing about service with a smile is that you got all, you know, they, you, you, they'd ask you how your meal was and you wouldn't lie. You'd tell them the truth. And nowadays everyone's ever, you know, you want to come and they want to lie about everything. You know, they're, you know, you got men getting Rogaine. We got men color in their hair to avoid going gray. And, and, you know, 
nobody's nobody's doing anything about that. Nobody's stopping that. Nobody's sitting. We're talking about here. We're sitting here talking about seven up zero. Makes you know, make me feel like a zero. I don't like that at all. It, we don't. We you know we should talk about the issues, like you know the Haitians. <laughs> you know Haitians. You know. You know, people, you know, Haitians made an alliance with the Portuguese. And I, you know, you're going to be hearing that Madeira music a lot closer. And people don't get worried about that like they used to. I've been everywhere, man. I've been all over this place up and down this strip. Okay. I've been to, I've been to Palm Springs. I've been to Louisville. I've been to Jacksonville. I've been to Caseville. My God, I used to play a baseball game every year, Caseville, along the lake. But Lake Huron, me and the boys, all the guys with the best heads. The best heads are picked. All the guys, 400 guys, only only those with the heads that could play a game, throw a ball, toss a ball, huck a ball across a lake with an ass like a mammoth. Those guys were out there, and by God, they're men of, of something else. And what you do is you go out there and you play ball for, for seven hours straight, longest game of your life, a million innings. The innings were longer than then. Was baseball, that was real baseball. And one day we saw that on a summer day, the summer day, late summer, September, still summer. And we're out there and we saw, my God, we saw come across the lake over the horizon. We saw a wyvern. This wyvern <laughs> scooped up a man. This man was named Moss. And, this, and Moss, he had no last name. No one knew his name. But he was a good guy. Handsome lips. He had lips like a woman. They're they soft. He had soft lips, but he could throw a ball like any any old any old jackass, including myself. That wyvern came and scooped him up with just its legs. That's all it's got: it's wings and legs. It's a real, it's a true form. People don't talk about that no more. They don't talk about creatures, man. Back in the day, we used to talk about cre- creatures and the folk, the folk creatures and elves. People say gnomes were were among us and taking our stuff. <laughs> They would say they'd take our garbage, take our garbage cans, take them out for us and do our jobs for us, do our tasks. <laughs> People said they had to scrub our clothes. Not anymore, man. Those, those gnomes, that magic's gone. What have we done to this place? What have we done to this great country? And I find it heartbreaking, and my heart's broken. And if I could see a gnome or a wyvern, well, man, I would say I'm in heaven. It's Christmas Day, and I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> Mr. President, a majority of Americans now believe that 7-Up Zero tastes better than any Sprite that doesn't come from the fountain. 59% of voters say that no experienced soda drinker would disagree with this assertion. Why, then, has your administration failed to take action to increase access to 7-Up Zero nationwide, especially in our most vulnerable communities? You know, if you find yourself in a teenager's room nowadays, whether it's because they set off a cherry bomb or because you just you want to go in and see what you and your wife made you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna find pinups like you used to you're not gonna see Betty Page you're not gonna see Rock Hudson or Charles Atlas you're not gonna see the guys who are strolling down the beach with the bouncing biceps or the girls with the great behinds and the chests no you might see an individual or a band. You might see uh, 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 Travis Scott, or or you might see uh, Black Lives Matter, but you're not going to see. 
I don't know. I don't know where they went. I tried to sit down and ask. I tried to ask Jack, Dr. Jill. You know, he said, you're a doctor. You're smart. You're a teacher. You're someone people look to. Where'd all the pinups go? He says, Joe, I don't know. They just don't buy them anymore. And it seems like some days everything's like that. Used to be anytime you went to a great big building or even just a hut, there'd be a one in two chance, 50% shot of there'd be a hidden wall. You just hit it and the wall would open up and you could open up a treasure chest, change your whole day. Used to be used to be that you could you could you could see you could see all the creatures. You could go back to when the Ivory King ruled. You could meet all these people. You could go, you know, I, I don't agree with what he did. I don't agree with anything with the war the the war that he did. But damn it, you know, there's there's some there's some you know, I always said that every book contains at least a few words that are true. You wanted to ask him. But you can't anymore because you try to look for a hidden wall in your house. You're just hitting plaster. There's nothing behind there. And we're just what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it so that you know, one day you'd go in that room, maybe, maybe you know, your your son, your daughter, did the other thing, they they did something. They were caught under the bleachers doing God knows what. And you might go in there and you might even see they've got Katy Perry or someone like that up there. And you go, well, at least some things don't change. Man, I, I man, I, I used to go to the I used to go to the Dover's Gold Gym. And uh, you know, you could lift weights there. I went with my pal Jack Lulane. He was a big guy. He could lift whatever he wanted. He's old now. He doesn't look very strong. He's still strong now. He's still strong as an ox. It, you know, he, he, you, you, he, he, I saw he he had he uh, he stood between two cars and had them drive into him, and he was just fine. So you know, say a lot of old guys can't fight, but old guys are tough. You don't think old guys are tough? Why don't you, you know, come find me after the debate, the show, with a speech. Well, you know, whatever it's kind of going on now. And me and Jack Lane would go to Dover's Gold Gym and we'd find all the hoops and stuff. And, you know, they used to call them the black guys. We just called them the guys because we were like that back then. And the guys were there. They were all black guys. And they, you know, we would play hoops with them. We'd hoop on the, we, we'd, uh, you know, we they called it hoops. We called it basketball. And, you know, push comes to shove their way one. We called it hoops from now on in. And I learned a lot from those guys about how to shoot the ball and rebound. And, you know, how, you know, they carry me on their shoulders when they, you know, saw how, you know, how nice I was to them. They realized I didn't call them the black guys. I called them the guys. And Jack Lelane, you know, he got a great jump shot that a lot of people didn't know about back then. And, you know, those guys would be drinking Sprite. And uh, I tried to tell Jack, you know, Jack, you got to tell him about this, you know, seven up zero, you know, this is something he's like, you know, but I, you know, I think they need the caffeine. And I said, yo, well, you know, they never used to, you know, they used to drink black coffee. And he said, that's right. I remember that. You'd see a girl in a smock and it'd be lavender or pink or baby blue. And she'd come and she'd top off your coffee. She'd ask you how many eggs you want, five or eight or nine or really however many you wanted back then. You'd have as many eggs. Now you have too many eggs. People are going to say, you know, you shouldn't eat all the cholesterol, whatever. We didn't know what that was. We just knew we liked a belly full of eggs. We used to go to the show. We'd go watch the show. We called it the show. It wasn't just the show on TV. It was on the screen, the silver screen, the drive in the movie theater. You go to my boy, my, my my friend, my best friend, my good friend, my brother. I grew up with him, and our legs were always growing stronger together. 
His name was Benny Brussel, and he was the man. He was the man on the behind the screen. He lit up the night with the projector. He ran the projector in the movie theater. as a projectionist. We'd go up there and we'd shine that screen with our spit. We'd wipe the lens with our spit. We call it spit vision. <laughs> and we laughed. Man, we laughed till we shit. And that's what it was about. We'd go and we'd watch North by Northwest. We'd go and watch. We'd go watch North by Northwest. Thomas Hannibal in the th- in in the movies. Then they're better. You have movies. You have North by Northwest. You you watch. Well, man, you'd watch The Wizard of Oz, and you'd say, "What what are we gonna do with this? What are we gonna go on? We're gonna make movies. We're gonna make movies that are somewhat good, but we can't beat this." And the the witch in her nose, man, is stuck where no one could go. Her green skin, it was it was nasty, and it's it was like a lime, lemon lime, but it was like Seven Up, but you didn't want to drink it. It was disgusting. Seven Up, you talked about that, my friend, tonight. You mentioned that the media has has talked about it. The, the media has said Seven Up, Seven Up Zero. That's not a number. That's nothing, and we're not nothing. <laughs> we could be beyond that. We could be better than that because we're better than that. We're Americans. We're America. And the witch doesn't know nothing about soda. A witch's soda is, is is blood. A witch's soda is nothing. A witch's soda is it's air. And and it's crap. And I say to those who, who drink the witch soda, you got something coming because the war is with you, not with us. Or beyond that. It's gonna be it's gonna be better. And I say, by God, I tell my wife every day, I tell her every morning when I wake up, I say, there are no witches in this country. And I pray, I pray that's true. And thank you. (laughs) Mr. President, why aren't there more muscle beaches? You know, nowadays when you go to any major city in America, it seems like half of every person is living in a tent. It's, it's, It's not the country I recognize, and it's not what I recognize growing up, you know, growing up in even, even a city like Wilmington, even a city like Dover, you know, used to be that that was only one guy's job. There wasn't a whole bunch of guys that were living in the tent. Every town had the one hobo. And we, you know, sure as you out there in the audience around my age and you maybe even younger, your parents... You had a you you had a guy like that. He had a bindle stick. He had a top hat. It popped off. He'd share some beans. He's always hanging out in tunnels. <laughs> he knows what it's like. But we had our guy. Our our guy was named Dusty Eddie. The rumor was that Eddie was a, was a Polish man, and that made no difference to us. That made no difference to me. Uh, but Eddie would always. You know, he's always trying to get on a train or he's always trying to get to the tunnel or get out of the tunnel. He's always trying to move a safe for somebody. It's always there's always something with Eddie. Maybe he falls into the whitewash. Who knows? But we all knew him and we all knew he was a good guy. You know, back then our moms used to send us out of the house. You wouldn't send them a kid out of the house. You'd call the town judge if you sent your kid out of the house without a plum in his pocket. Or your dress if you happen to have a daughter. But then one year, we noticed that it was a bad, bad time for Eddie. The top of his hat came fully off. They paved over some of the tunnels. 
But instead of calling the police or trying to kill him, <laughs> we all took our plums. We gave them to him. He had to have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand plums. And I'm not talking about the stuff that you get in, you know, Aldi's or a similar like uh, grocery store like that. I'm talking the ripest thing you ever seen in your life back before. Well, you know, but he 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 had went from the poorest man in town to, you know, at least as far as terms of vegetation and everything, the richest. And as it just so happened to be, happened to, you know, the ways the days work, that was the day before Christmas. And that day, that Christmas, that next day, that tomorrow, those were the best presents any of us ever got as kids. I don't know if you're a believer in God or Jesus Christ. I happen to be myself a believer in both those things. I'm a Christian man. You know, respect to all the religions that came before it, whether it's Judaism or uh, Muslim. But I can't help but think that, you know, maybe if we thought a little bit more of what we're doing the day before Christmas, we'd stop crying about whether we get coal or not. Yeah, I went to... uh, uh, Gold's Gym in Dover with, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time there as a young man, <laughs> Gold's Gym in Dover, and, you know, I'd be there, you know, with my buddies, you know, Jack LaLanne and Thomas Aquinas, and we would lift so much they'd run out of they'd run out of metal there, man. They'd tell us we couldn't have no much more metal, man. They'd say we'd be there all day. They'd say we ran out of the weights you lifted. I can't even find them. They're so high up in the air now. And that was just how we did back then, and we took pride in our bodies, and we, you know, we took pride, you know, in our friends' bodies and Jack Lalanne's bodies. He he wore a tunic everywhere, but he still looked, you know, he was still the man. He was still he had the broad pecs, he had big arms, he had long forearms like a longshoreman, like Popeye, you know, from bringing in all those boats and and bringing them to dry land and and, and cranking them and. You know, figuring out the ways to get them out of the water so there wouldn't be any barnacles on them. You know, that was part of the joy of it, going down to the Muscle Beach and whatnot. And I tell you what, there at that Muscle Beach, they had a basketball court. And there used to be a bunch of black guys there. We called them the guys. <laughs> you know, because we didn't see color. You know, me and Jack Lillane. You know, and Thomas Barry O. Um, you know, fortunate son, that ain't, it ain't me, man. And, you know, we used to hoop with them. That's what they called it. And they would shoot the ball with one hand. We'd shoot it with two. Oh, man, twice as many points you shoot that in with the two hands and whatnot. Because, you know, you got to give it all your all. And, you know, men used to have cars. They drove down to the beach. You could drive a car on a sand. You could drive a Pontiac right down to the tip of the ocean on the wet sand. It'd be just fine. That's how we made things back then. You can't drive even Air Force One, man. I can't park that thing. On, you know, you, you tell them where to drive it, where to fly it. You can't get that thing on the beach. You can't get that thing in the water. You know, we used to have dune buggies that we drove on the dunes for fun. You know, they'd have one engine, but that was good enough for us. We never, you know, complained about anything. And, you know, men looked out each other, watch each other's back, never knowing... See, you know, check out, see a gnome or any kind of, you know, thing you, you, that you don't see really around much anymore. You know, they invented, you know, ducking the basketball before us, but I swear that Jack, he could have done it. He had legs, it was like bean poles with springs on them, and he'd just go up there, he'd touch the ceiling of Gold's Gym. And then, let me tell you what, back then we didn't use the metric system. We said it was 40 feet in the air, and by golly, he touched it. If I'm lying, I'm dying. 
You know, I never had to worry about nothing. Jack, Jack springing around all the place, jumping 40, 50 feet, jumping 100 feet horizontally. You know, it was because men took care in their bodies. They took a great pleasure in it. They had the muscles. You know, they wore their swimsuits real low so you could see the muscles, so you could see the hard work, so you could see, you know, you know all the stuff they put into it. And, you know, the girls, I haven't even talked about the girls yet. When they, you know, they're going to be there. They're going to watch us play against the guys. You know, that's what we called them. But, you know, they were, you know, you know them. <laughs> And, you know, they'd wear their poodle skirts and they'd, they'd have the graphics on them. And, you know, it'd be, you know, the girls growing up back then, they, they had role models. They didn't want to be a Kardashian. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to be like Laverne and Shirley. You go to Muscle Beach, suck down mussels, go all the mussels, oysters, clams. That was the thing. Lobsters and crabs. That's where they were. That's what you did. You ate them and you got mussels yourself. Not just yourself, but all your girls and man. Your friends were, they were looking, they were looking just strong and healthy. And man, it's, it's sad to say, but we look at, you look at a clam, you look at, and you look at a, a shell, a hermit, and you look at a, a hermit crab, and you see, you see their spines and their shells. It's like a labyrinth, and the labyrinth, man, back growing up where I was in, in, in Dover, Jersey, man, where we were, there was a minotaur. <laughs> And he was always, he was always in there. You could see, hear him singing, and he was sad. He was a sad man. He looked incredible. His muscles in the shadows. He had a shadow like no one else. He had the strongest shadow I've ever seen. A shadow that was of, of, of character. A shadow of, of power. A shadow of, of whimsy. A shadow of funny. He's a funny man. He's not a man, but he's a bull. A man in a bull. His horns. And yes, he could. He could stink. But he'd ask us. He'd implore us. He'd say, why, why, why? God, can't you let me out? We we didn't know. We were just kids. We'd huck over chickens. We'd huck over grapes and plums. We'd huck over raspberries, huckleberries, blackberries, stuff we forage. We were kids. We forage. Forage for the Minotaur. He said, give me a kid. I want blood. I want bones. This is what I was designed to eat. I say, no, man, you're going to have to live like us to live at all. And he said, okay. He said, okay to me. He shook my hand through a portal, through a window. The man, he had horns. It could have been in the in lab. Man, it was the sun shined upon it, and it was glass. It wasn't glass. It was obsidian. It was obsidian stone. But it shone like glass. It reflected. It was reflected. It was a mirror. You could see yourself within it. And within it, you saw the minotaur. And he's a bull, man. Man, he was a beast, and he could and he could eat, and he could eat, eat, eat. They don't make him like that anymore. But the, we used to have men like that all the time. We had, and we just we couldn't have a, we couldn't have a labyrinth now. And that makes me very sad. Me and Doctor Joe Biden, we work very hard on a new one, and we new system. And the men of this country, and the workers, the coal miners, they're working the labyrinth of the mines. In the minds of the kids, these kids, man, they're so, they have juice. And what were you going to do with that juice? We got to make a farm. That farm's got to be, gut. that's got, man, when you look, when you look back on it, and that farm's got to be something, that's got to be a farm for, for everyone, not just kids, but, but uncles and grandpas. And that's got to be a, a farm where you can, you can raise a, a dog. Mr. President. 
How do you feel about the proliferation of microtransactions in AAA games? There is nothing in science or law or anything that says that Aldi's is just for Latinos. There's nothing that says Trader Joe is just for white people. There's nothing that says Costco is black or Walmart is Walmart Spanish or any of this crap that people believe. There's no reason for any of it. I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't I don't believe that certain grocery stores are for certain people. I think the great experiment that Thomas Jefferson and all the other all the other great men had the idea when they came up with the document was a country where any given day of a week you could have a Jewish man going to Walmart or you could ha- you could you you could ha- you could have a, you could have a, an Arab going to Costco and it was all right. But now now you know, and this isn't look. You know me. I know you know you know who I see. Seen me up here all these years. You know, listen. This isn't the first time I've gone to the cotton candy stand. A lot of times I've come back empty-handed. And you got a girl on your arm. You already gave your class ring to, who's expecting a whole mouthful, and you just can't give it to her. Been around here. Been around here. 1971, All the years in between, I've been here. They've taken me down there. They've taken me beneath the the monument of uh, the Washington Monument. They they show me the ruins of New Londo. <laughs> they show me what happens when you try to build a society, you try to build a country around the idea that you know all, oh, oh, it's you know all these. That's for that's for Mexican people. Costco's for Jewish people. Jewish people wouldn't be caught dead in Walmart. That's what happens. It sinks sinks to the depths of the earth and I felt something down there I felt something every time I every time I broke a vase so a woman a woman that you wouldn't call back twice on a Thursday would pop out they're howling they're crying they're making a scene you know in a way that no man in a million years would ever want his wife to you know I think about those women trapped in there and I think about New Londo you know I think about our great vice president Miss Carmela Harris. And Caroli, it's, it's, you know, the type of girl where if your son brought her home, you'd say, well, yeah, would you trick her? That's how much of an unreal deal it is to have a woman like that who's the total package. She can wear heels on one foot and her studying shoes on the other. She can do it all. And I think that a lot of the criticisms you're seeing about why does her daughter look that way? Why is her, you know, why should, why should do this? Why should do that? It's people who would have us go back to the bad old days where you would call the police if you ever saw a rabbi going to Walmart. We used to... <clears throat> We used to worry about big things, you know, not small things. The things are small. The microtransactions is, is a small one. It's a small one. We're pennies, quarters. You know, dollars, if you got them, if you're, if you're blessed enough to have dollars be small to you, God bless you, you know, but you're still paying those when they're small. And now, you know, you used to, you know, plate of eggs used to cost 33 cents. You'd get as many eggs as you want. Now they're $1.69 per egg. 
You know, and that's a fact, Jack. That's something you can look up and put it in a print book. Because if you run that as fact, you ain't getting caught with no libel. You're not liable to nobody. You're not getting nobody. No, Jack LaLanne ain't going to visit your house. You know, he ain't going to rough you up. I can see him do it. Even at 99 years old, he can still rough you up. He can still take you on. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. And we were in a Dover. <laughs> we were in a gold gym in Dover. <laughs> and he told me that. And I believed him. we were there with Thomas Aquinas. And we were there... <laughs> And we were lifting so many weights, you know, they had to kick us out, man. They said that you didn't, the weight's stuck in the ceiling, man. We're out of here, man. We ain't got to, we, listen, Joe, we know you. You're a good guy. You're from around the neighborhood. You've always been a real straight shooter. But if we keep you in this gym, you're going to lift all the weights. There ain't going to be no weights left for nobody. And that goes double for Jack LaLanne. And we got it, and we did hit it lickety-split and got out of there. You know, but even then, it would be a lot of money. It would cost a lot of money to do anything. We built things big. We didn't worry about small stuff nowadays. We're worried about small stuff. You used to be able to lay down in a car and not be able to touch either side. It was like a king-size bed in. And you had a Pontiac GMC or whatever. And when it had no seat belts and it was all leather interior, it took a whole elephant to fill that leather, man. It took all that stuff. And we took ivory, too. Then we didn't know any better. We thought elephants would be there was a million of them, man. We thought we could do whatever we wanted with those guys you know they're all gone now but you know what you know we got a lot of ivory and we got it and we got out at the right time because now we're not you know we're not tickling the keys we're not doing real pianos with that we're making money the way we can we're trying to do things big i used to have a car so big you know i could be in three states at once you know, all the way from Pennsylvania to Delaware to New Jersey to New York City, man. However flavor you like it, that car would be in all three. And back, the people don't even believe me when I talk about how long limos were, man. If a regular car was so long, it'd be too wide. On a highway, it could go from south. It could. Be, you had a car so big, it could be driving north and south at the same time, man. And now with these kids, they want to talk about AAA games. They want to talk about car insurance. They want to talk about the State Farm guy. They want to talk about Chris Paul. And that's something that I'm not going to have to you know, worry with. I'm going to talk with some of the younger guys, see what they say about it. Because to me, man, I want to have eight eggs every, over easy for breakfast. I don't want to have one egg that costs 33 cents. I want to, I want to have a big egg. I want as big as you can get, ostrich eggs, wyvern eggs. Whatever kind of creature lays an egg, if you get a big lizard, Komodo dragon, however you want it. But that's the value that we looked for, you know, in our America, when we live, when we were teenagers in the 18th century. And our cars could drive as good as your cars, man. And to tell you what, I'll put anybody in a race against any new cool thing, against any big Pontiac I got. I'll go all over the place, man. I'll rip around these roads. We used to deal with stones, big stones, large slabs, big stones, stand up, didn't know where they came from, mysterious <laughs> stones. They had runes on them, man. You couldn't read them. We used to deal with curses, curses that would curse our lives, curse our women, curse our kids. We talk about stones, what kind of stones you needed, what kind of stones you, you didn't have, what kind of stones you shouldn't have. All this, It's a big, man, a little rock could change a whole lot of life. That's all it took. You don't have that no more. You don't have curses. You don't have spells. You don't have you don't have time. What you have is the witches were, man, I'll tell you what. Back in the day, they had hats. They had hats that were crazy. All these people were talking around crazy hats. You don't even have hats no more. They've been phased out. They've been talking about kids. Kids who make curses. 
Do you have a kid? You have a curse. The kid's a curse on you. The baby's a curse on you. And that, and I'm just saying, I'm telling my wife and I'm telling you, I'm telling my friends, I'm saying to Barry and Baracko, and I'm saying, <laughs> no, man, that's not how it is. No, they're a blessing. I lost my son. <laughs> my son, Bubo. <laughs> and he was dead. He died. But he came back to me. He lived. He could have had the runes he needed, but he didn't have. He didn't give me time. We ran out of time. And it's like that. That's what it is when it's coming. And what you see in, in these people, and they're taking. What I'm saying right now is that you can have all kinds of. You can have any tax you want. Tax on corn. Tax on diapers. Tax on cars. When you're driving your cars, and you're driving your Corvettes. Every American driving their Corvette. We were driving our Corvette into the wall. Man, we got we to gotta stop the taxes on everything, including what I'm saying is soda is done, man. It's doomed. You used to have soda that used to change the world. So that could make a man proud. So they make a man sip. So they make a man refreshed. And now it's all the same chemical garbage. What I'm saying is that what we speak on when we're talking about life the politicians they could be something else when we vote the vote is very sacred democracy action it's very essential to our democracy nation democracy people patriot people citizens mr president many ordinary americans in your country report seeing sightings of a mysterious frog boy who shows up only when the fog is just right what are your thoughts on the frog boy who has taken this American nation by storm? You know, it used to be that you could be an explorer and people were afraid that, you know, you run into the wrong group of people. They're going to put you in a pot and boil you. <laughs> that was the number one thing when kids, little boys were going to bed at night while they put their covers over their heads, they were thinking about, you know, oh, God, Jesus Christ in heaven, whoever's answering, I don't want to be boiled like that. Nowadays, we've explored everything. We know every bit, itch, nook, and cranny, every, every, every back of every yard, every, every single thing has been documented and visited. And, you know, God bless it, we haven't lost that many people in the process. But today, the real problem we're having is how can we explore each other? Because you have families growing up just one generation apart and the world they lived in couldn't be any more different. You have uncles, they never settled down. They couldn't. They worked the graveyard shift. And you have the cousins, you have the nephews of the dad. They can work the graveyard shift. They can never go into work. They can download a thing onto their telephone and they can contact a woman that way. And that, used to, that used to be the, the whole reason you did anything. Why do we have why do we have the state fair? Why do we have the world's fair? Was well, it's the one day a year? You know, you work the graveyard shift. You can go out, touch a girl's skirt. You know, bring her closer to you, buy her a balloon, do any of those things that make us feel like we're still human at the end of the day. But then you have uncles who they went through that, they lived that. Maybe they had to go overseas. They had to go past Vietnam. They had to buy a wife that way. It's not the same. It's never gonna feel the same. And you got the nephew who's, he doesn't know any of that. And you have nephews and uncles fighting each other and going to war against each other. And that is the one thing I can tell you as a, 
as a parent, as a grandparent, as a son, it's the last thing you ever want in your life. Believe me, I've seen, I've, I've lost a boy. I've seen a boy do all the things that happen when you, when you, when you, 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 you say, I'm feeling lucky. I've got a daughter who does yoga. I've got a son who's smoked everything that grows from the ground. So I know what it's like, okay? I know what it's like when you're coming home. You won't make you won't make yourself maybe a peanut butter and jelly. You're afraid you're gonna wake your kids up. You just gotta go to bed hungry. <laughs> what are you what are you <laughs> What are you gonna do the next day? You're gonna have two breakfasts? You're gonna try to keep up? No, because it's a new day. That's just one dinner you missed. And you're never getting it back. You could live to be 120. You're still never getting that one back. That's a dinner you missed. We do it because it's worth it. Because we want to. Because we want to look one day into our son's eyes and say, God damn it, you did what I did. You made another person. Uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, for what happened, you know, with, you know, talking about, you know, the frog man, uh, seeing a dog man, seeing a Michigan dog man, see him in the fog. He's climbing along the road around the set there, slinks into the swamp. They got Momo the monster. He lives in the Ozarks and he got a skunk trail, but he like Bigfoot with a skunk trail. And you know what? I've seen these things. I've known these things. And a lot of people from older generation, you know, we, we, we've been seeing these things for a long time. And a lot of people don't want to talk about this. Barry O, Obama, uh, Burr, Brock, Brock Obama, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he, in his wisdom, he did not see, you know, but when I lost my son, Boohoo, and Boo, he was in the, you know, dry, he, was, he had a Corvette, he had a Cutlass, he had a top down, he liked to drive with the top down in the summertime, as, you know, man wants to do, because he lied to in America, and he, he would drive around in there, and, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't there, and it's hard to say, but uh, you know, Mothman took him. Yeah. It can fly like a butterfly, but it's got arms where it can grab you, and the Mothman, you know, grabbed my son Boohoo, and he should be here right now today. You know, it would be him telling you about the Frogman, about the Dogman from Michigan, about Momo the Monster. He'd tell you about dragons, brass dragons, silver dragons, golden dragons, red and ruby. Every color of the rainbow, every precious metal, you gemstone, silver, copper, pewter, jade <laughs> in China. God bless them over there. They're doing whatever they can. I don't know about their frogmen. I don't know however they're handling it. I don't know how they're handling it in that situation, but God bless them over there if they have to deal with the frogman. If Boohoo was here, he'd be tough on China. He'd say, you can't just do whatever you want to them frogmen. You can't have them making tennis shoes. They're wet. They need to be dipped in water. Their skin gets dry quickly. And they're afraid. You know, we got to show them there ain't nothing to, to, you know, to be afraid of. We got to get the frog man. Get him into Gold's Gym in Dover. He's he going to be lifting the bars out of that place. They're going to kick him out of there. 
and Jack LaLanne's jumping all over the place, and I'm there lifting iron with Thomas Aquinas. We get that frog man between us, and we got to get him get some muscles on there because he's got to get some confidence because he's shy to talk to us. And, you know, I'd just like to ask for a moment of silence for my son, Thomas Aquinas, should be here today. He used to drive. He used to drive a lot. Drive around town. Drive around the country. Drive in the country. Our country. Not just the country. Not the farms. Not farmlands. Not farmers. He used to drive a Plymouth Princess. <laughs> <laughs> I would drive around. I'd drive the country road. The long road. Route 66 type of road. i take on my shirt. I drove without a shirt. I had a ponytail. And man, I would see up the hill. I would struggle. I would see up the hill, seeing up the hill. I'd see the little frog man. And he was struggling too. He tried to carry up the hill his cream, his bottle of cream. He had to sell his cream. He made a living. Tried to make a living. Man, he used to make cream. Man, he used to make products. He used to make items. People wanted. People required. People demanded. And I'd help up the help the frog with his cream up the hill. <laughs> I'd tell him to hop in my Plymouth. And I tell him, you better make sure you take off that shirt. He had a little button up, a little Henley. It was cloth. It was linen cloth that he wore. He said he wore it for his business. I said, you got no business wearing that. You're a frog. <laughs> he told me, I, I sell cream. And I say, I sell cream too. You and I are partners. He said, is that true? I said, of course it is. This is America. You go up the hill, you're struggling. And, I, and God, but man. Man, the ways that we used to we used to find ways to separate us and unite us. That's what America's all about. He wanted a mustache. Like he couldn't grow a mustache, but I had a mustache for him. I told him I could draw one on. But he was handsome and he was a good man and he was kind to me. And Bundle Obama, he he taught me what it what, what it was when well when we went to the Frog Islands. I couldn't go. I was on the boat. I was in the cruise ship. He came back to me and he said, he said, Joe, these are some guys with some heads. They're bigger than yours. I said, there's no chance. There's no shot. He said, there's no, there's no shot. They ain't. I said, okay. I shook his hand. We gave a, gave him a good time. Give him some drinks. Give him coffee in the morning. Give him a bed. Something warm. He told me after we were back, he said, those are the finest people I've ever met. I said, you're finer. He said, will you be president one day? I said, well, we'll see. Look, we are, look, we are now. Premonition. And that's what we have to be doing with today. Making everyone president. <laughs> Mr. President. One of the old presidents had an idea where there would be a lot of cars in the garage and many chickens in each pot. Amid record inflation on the cost of chickens, your administration has failed to keep as many chickens per pot as the average middle classer has come to expect. So what are you going to do about that? It's a different world we're living in than the one a lot of us knew where, you know, learning to dance is your job rather than a celebration. Used to be you 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 did a new dance because he got done with a shift or you you know you you sold a vacuum cleaner you got back from war it's the opportunity for a new dance now guys are saying it's time to clock in and do my dance 
you know, it's a it's a different place. It's a different state of mind. It's a different way of doing things where you can have a guy in a vest and he doesn't have any use for any of those pockets. What's he going to put in there? His telephone, his little e-cigarette. He doesn't even smoke cigarettes. So does that, that's out. He doesn't have to roll them up in his sleeve. He's not going to put a wrench in there. Everything's done with computers. He's going to put a pencil in there. Everyone's on Adderall. You can just remember things now. But, you know, I always think about two men that I knew, that I've known ever since I arrived in this great city, great city, capital. You know, no one ever knew or cared whether Frog or Toad were homosexuals. It wasn't their damn business. I don't care what you do in the bedroom, the boardroom, or the back porch. It's your business. And I'll be, I'll be goddamned before I let anyone say, these two men can't be friends, these two men can't write books. Because one or both of them is a bisexual or, or a gay man. Nowadays, it seems like every time everyone's trying to find out, you know, who's playing for the other team. I feel like if there was a news story now, you have 50-50 shot, it's about a trade deal, 50-50 shot, it's about, you know, who who prefers the company of gentlemen. That's not right. We shouldn't be asking people these things. It's none of our business. We should say to our movie stars, hey, can you give me a smile for the flip of a nickel? Okay. And I don't care. I don't care what you do. Hell, I don't even care if you put on the outfit. You can do that. But it's all about looking at the calendar, but thinking about the history book. You know, when we talk about, you know, chickens, we talk about cooking them, we talk about big pots, we talk about standing in, looking at the time on the oven, watching it clock down. And, you know, my wife, Dr. Joe Biden, she had a recipe. She had a recipe I love very much. And she didn't, you know, she's a great cook, even though she was, she was a smart lady. She didn't have to. She had a job where she was doing stuff. She was, you know, she got here, you know, she brain surgery on people whenever she wants. You know, she's she's at will. You know, she people kind of respect. She was respected in that way, but she could cook. She could cook a chicken. And, and you know, she had a recipe, you know, that I called silly chicken. <laughs> And she cooked silly chicken for me, you know, every night when, back in the past when we were in there, we were struggling hard and my son Boo Boo was a baby and he had the other ones too and they was babies too and they'd, you know, get there and they'd want their chicken, they'd want their silly chicken, they'd come there at the dinner table and they'd start saying about their chili, silly chicken, you know, because they had to have it just like I had to have it too because I was hungry too because I'd just come back from, you know, the Dover Gold Gym, you know, I was pretty Jacqueline and... <laughs> My son Boo Boo and Thomas Aquinas and we all used to lift weights till they kicked us out of there, man. They they said there ain't gonna be no weights left in this place. You lift them all, you put them all up in the ceiling. I can't jump that high. Jack Lane grabbing barbells, jumping forty feet in the air, putting them in the rafters. Ain't nothing, you know, you could do about that. But it was good fun back then. So I'd come home hungry. I'd shower. I'd rinse off my sweat, my perspiration. You know, I'd double check for any eggs or frog men. And she would be out there cooking her silly chicken in a pot. It was a whole chicken. 
You know, they don't cook whole chickens anymore. People cook chicken parts. They cook chicken tenders. They cook chicken wings. They cook chicken breasts. They cook in all the parts. And she had a whole chicken. There's a whole different thing. And she put a big a big old stick of butter. You had butter for free back then. You can get butter as a condiment. You could get butter anywhere you wanted to have that already there. And you put a big old block of butter in there. And you put another big old block of butter in there. Until the pot was filled, you could drop a whole chicken in there. And that was silly chicken. <laughs> And she cooked it in the butter. And I ate it for dinner every night with my baby's sons, with Hunter, with Boo Boo, who passed along, God bless him, you know, who could not do it in the mortal, <laughs> couldn't make it, you know, because, you know, he comes and he gets skipped up and he he driving around, he driving around in a, in a Chevy Samurai with the top down and the moth, <laughs> the mothman came and the mothman grabbed him and scooped him up, flew him in the air. We never saw him again. We never saw Boo Boo again. He should be here right now telling you about... Silly chicken, you know, he'd be smiling, he'd tell it better than I would about how, how good that silly chicken was with all the butter and it tasted like butter and that wet butter rolling right off that beautiful chicken. And we need to get back to an America where you can trust for dinner, you can trust your dinner every night. Because right now that dinner's all over the place, man. You don't know where to grab that thing. You go to Seven Eleven, they got little dinners there. They're sad. They make everyone look depressed. You got little Walgreens dinners. They look sad. They got everybody depressed. People eat. You got pork rinds. You can't eat those for dinner. People eating walking tacos. I don't even know what that is. I don't. I don't want to find out. Because we used to stand for something. We used to stand at the stove and cook silly chicken. <laughs> We used to keep an eye out for mothmen for each other. We used to have road alerts that said when to put your top down. There's a mothman coming. <laughs> he gonna grab you out of the car. He gonna fly away just like he took Boo Boo. Probably took him to the moon. He's probably president <laughs> of that place right now. I don't want no child to have to go through what Boo Boo did as an adult. <laughs> where he got scooped up by the mothman and then flown to the moon. <laughs> we used to get pictures, man. Pictures on our arms. They're called them tattoos. <laughs> used to get tattoos of girls, tattoos of cars, tattoos of snakes, tattoos of eagles, tattoos of cats. These are arms. These are arms and legs, bellies, stomachs, tattoos. You don't see them no more. Navy men with their arms tatted up with bombs and bullets, numbers. Proud men, guys with tattoos on their arms. We talk about Batman. Batman was around. Batman is still there, protecting us. We talk about Batman was a man. Batman was a guy. The guy could shake his hand. You see, guy. That was what it was. You could tattoo Batman himself. And they outlawed him. They said no more. They said can't get tattoos no more. Not the same the way they were and what it was before. What it was in your arms and your toes, your fingers. You could dip those in anywhere you wanted. But man, it was a good time. And the beach was something else. The beach was somewhere you could drive your car. Beach, you could drive your car right into the ocean. They allowed you to drive your car in the ocean. They said no buts about it. You surf in your car. Just sit and drive. <laughs> fill it up with sand. Fill it up with water. It was your choice. That car, man, that car was a house. You could live in that house for years. You could have a kid in the house. You could have a child. You could have a childbirth. You could die in the house. My wife did. God bless her soul. I love her and boo-boo. <laughs> Mr. President, 
Journalists such as myself assumed you would have the most progressive administration since FDR. And yet CEOs like Lil Wayne and Birdman are still not paying their fair share. What are you going to do to crack down on these evil CEOs who can also spit? You know, when you look at, uh, you know, who, who was who, you know, could it be now or could it, it could be back in the past? The only guy that Popeye knew who wore a suit was the one who couldn't pay for a hamburger. You can't judge people by appearances anymore that you can judge a sentence for its words. You got to hear them first in the order they're meant to go in and the way they're meant to be said. So, no, I don't I don't I don't think that, uh, you know, Wimpy's a bad guy. <laughs> I've known him. I've I've sh shaken his hand. I've talked to him. And you can you know, there, there are people who are good. There are people who are bad and there are people who are unlucky. How could someone be so unlucky that they're in one of the biggest shows of all time in Popeye and they can't afford a hamburger? How much could it be? Three forty nine, five ninety three. You got two buns, some meat, some lettuce, maybe a tomato if it's this Friday. But he just—he's always in a situation where he can't pay for it. And I'm not saying you got to rob, rob, rob Paul to pay Christ. I'm not saying that you you got to go up and down cut every millionaire in town. You know, you that you can go to their 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 prowler, holding your tin cup up, rattling around. Mister, 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 give me some coins. You can't do that. But I am saying, for the people that can't figure it out, they've never got enough money for the hamburger. Well, can't we do something? Can't we do something? Can't we make it so that everyone, no one had, no child has to look at their. Dad, their father, the man of the house, begging at the lunch counter. If my boy saw that, well, I don't know. I don't think I'd have any left, you know? And yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, well, if everyone can buy the hamburger, then no one can. Sure, but we, we ever tried it? You know, it's a long way till Tuesday till you get the... Everyone, everyone coming in, everyone giving their sob story, everyone saying, oh, you know, <coughs> the bag fell off the stick. The bag that I keep all my possessions in, it fell off the stick. You know, I had to flee by sea, two if by land, two if by sea. I had to go, you know, I had to, <laughs> the, quarter fell down, the quarter fell into the radiator. I'm going to burn my hand. I got to wait till spring till I can even touch it. But then... You know, you just, you don't want to have a world where hamburgers are only for winners. That's really all I got to say to you, you know, really thank you. I don't like this bird man. I want to talk about, you know, the bird man people. I'm glad you brought up the bird man moderator, um, which, uh, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, you know, when you talk about these birdmen and what they're doing, you know, swooping up, grabbing people out of Chevy Samurais, they they don't pay their share when they're going. They're they get you know the thing about you know a bird, he's gonna have his ne a nest high up, and that's where he puts his eggs. 
Tax man can't reach that far. We didn't give him poles. We didn't give him way to get the eggs. They're high up in the air. And these bird men, they ruin lives. They, you know, regardless, you know, you're regardless, regardless of how talented, you know, these bird men may be, you know, or what they want to rap about or what they want to say. We have to have a fairness for us here on the ground. And we're so we're, we're in a position where we can defend ourselves because these bird men, they, they don't respect the rule of the ground. They don't respect the ground law. You know, they think they're outside of it. They're flying around. They can grab anybody they want. They can dra- grab them out of cars and cutlasses. They can grab them off of Ferris wheels. They grab them out of the ocean. They grab them, grab them wherever they see them, man. It's just a shame what, the, what they do. And now they're going to be going day to day, you know, complaining about the tax man, about who's paying what, about where are we going to build these roads? How do we build these schools and these roads? How do we have more roads, fast cars going around these schools? And somebody's got to pay the bill. And when you're taking your eggs and you, you're putting them high up in the air on, on cliff sides, on, on nests, on tall trees. Trees so big you can't even climb them, man. Even Jack Lane jump, he can't even touch the top, man. I tell you what, if he can't get to the top of that tree, nobody can, man. And you know what? We're, we're only going to worry about the bird man at the end, you know. Because we see these guys getting carried off every day in big cities, small cities. We, we see them getting carried to the sun. We see them getting carried to the sky, dropped in the clouds, dropped on the moon. We don't even know where half these guys go when these birds grab them, man. And there ain't nothing we can, we sit around and we, 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 we you know, they, they talk, they call us, I don't know if y'all, I don't know if you heard this, you know, they, they got a right to call us clowns in Congress because these birds are grabbing whoever they want. They grab Boo Boo. They took him to the moon. He's president now. And I got, I just want to thank these birdmen so much, <laughs> you know, for what they did in grabbing Boo Boo. I just, you know, when they, when they, you know, these guys pay their fair share, they get a raw deal. These birdmen, you know, they respect the ground law. They do. I'm talking about winds. I want to talk skies. I want to talk about winds. Talk about scales. Talk about dragons. <laughs> dragons coming down. Now wyverns are different. They're stronger. They got firepower. These are guys that are coming down here. They're looking green. They're looking red. They're looking gold. Blue ones. Black ones. And their claws, man, they're something else. But that's different. It's different than where we were. We, we used to drive. We used to drive around. We'd take our shirts off. Can't take your shirt off. No, you can't go to a grocery store to buy beer. Take your shirt off. Can't stand in the aisle. Take your shirt off because it's too hot. Can take your shoes off. <laughs> it's different now. They say no. That's okay. Wear a suit. Can't get, can take your shoes off in a suit. You're a man of power now. Can't be a dragon though. But we used to talk about it. And my friends, my wizard, my friend, my friend, my wizard friend. <laughs> He talks to me about what he needs. He needs crystals. He says, there's no more. He says, the crystals are gone. I said, well, you have your tower. You got your books. You got your knowledge. You have your power. You have your life. You have happiness. He says, I don't have happiness. I said, why not? He says, well, he says, damn it, Joe. It's just certainly not easy to do magic no more. And I said, don't I know it? <laughs> Especially in politics. People in politics don't believe in nothing. They don't believe in wonder. They don't believe in people. People are the energy, the energy you need. People make crystals. (laughs) 
That's what we're talking about today. And man, <laughs> when we're when we're going to the pool, you're going to the pool and you want ice cream, and there's nothing left, and you don't even have a dime to your name. You can't even give your kid, your boy, your beautiful boy, Bugo. He asks for ice cream, and he says, I want ice cream. I want the bomb pop. I say, well, I'm the bomb pop himself. He says, no, you're not. I say, yes, I am. And then he's dead. You know, you have a son. Your son's gone. Can't go to the pool and eat your bomb pop ice cream. Certainly isn't what he wanted, what we expected. But what we're doing today is we're saying, hey, man, if we can have an ice cream stand everywhere, it's all free. People are saying that's okay with me. That's all right, Joe. That's no problem. I say, I know. Who wouldn't want that? But we got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. We got to get out there. We got to be, we got to be. Well, if we're as to to towards with soil borders in the doors, Mr. President, thank you for your thoughtful and considered responses tonight. As we reach our final question. I want to ask you about something that's on the mind of many Americans. The average age of someone having their quinceañera has risen to 17 and a half during your reign in the United States. What would you do to bring quinceañera ages back to their pre-pandemic levels? I was indoors. It's a wonderful time in a girl's life. She ties in bow on her head for the first time. You know, there are all types of things that happen. I was there with my son Boo-Boo. I was there with the Hawkman. He was flying him around. He was doing everything since the air. He saw it like a wave. He went to college. He got a Chevy Camry. It was a cool car. He had a big engine. He could go real fast. We went up and down them roads to get off our shirts. I tell you what, they kicked us out of Gold's gym. They said, man, they're going to be in your weights left. They're going to be in your weights left.